time before the earth, before the sun and before the light of the stars, when all was darkness and chaos. The old gods, the forgotten gods, ruled the darkness. But what was theirs now belongs to the world of light and substance. And the old gods, the rightful masters, are jealous, watching mankind with a hatred that is as boundless as the stars, with plans for the destruction of man that are beyond imagining. <laughs> There's a passageway between our physical world of light and pleasure and their spiritual world of madness and pain. A gate behind which the demons wait for the chance to take back what is theirs! You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. What's going on guys? It is episode 144. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're getting into a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, we are. <laughs> like the like holes in the ground, that kind of those kind of holes. Yes. Right? Not, yes. not like donut holes. Not to be <laughs> or other holes. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with the word hole with a W. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, you should have said it differently. You had me confused. Why didn't Sorry. you say the hole with H O L E? All right, guys. What's going on? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And uh, yeah, uh, as we said last week, we're talking about some holes in the ground today. Mm-hmm. Getting right into it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm very excited to talk. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about these movies. Uh, well, one of them in particular, because I'd never heard of it before. You turned me on. Yeah, I did. To it uh, <laughs> last week, and uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah, but good. Before we get there, see, I was I was having a hard time reading you earlier. Mm. I said, "Did you like the movie?" And you're like, eh, "We'll talk about well, it I later." I didn't want to give it away it's over like, pillow oh, talk, fuck, baby. You Come didn't on. like it? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how's your week been? Oh, just what's, fine. What's been going on with you? Nothing. 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 You live a, the most boring life I think that I've ever seen. Me. Yeah. Me in particular? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I do. Why Why did I move close to you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know I that I... I need to downgrade a little I bit. I know that I do things. I do do things, but then I... Twice. For, Only I, twice. I forget what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what they are by the time I get here, and then I just... I realize if I'm forgetting about these things this this soon, then I don't know, maybe, well, maybe I don't need to talk about I need a status report from you. What? How is my dear Velociraptor going? How is he? Oh, okay. Well, that's something to talk about. <laughs> uh, what, what happened? Uh, no, he's doing fine. Oh, okay, good. Good. He's growing very large. He is. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, as we said last week, Mike dropped by to bring my daughter a um, a butterfly growing kit. Mm-hmm. And they're huge. It's that's crazy thing, how that's fast they grow. That's a thing that friends do, right? Yeah. Are they in crystallis yet? Chrysalis. No, it's crystallis. No, it's fancy. Oh, crystallis. <laughs> Diamond encrusted chrysalis. <laughs> chrysalis. Chrysalids. Um, uh, so my daughter named them, and she named one of them. That's, a, did you that's name? a great name for a hat company. What? Chrysalids. It's like a cocoon for your head. <laughs> oh, my God. Trademark. <laughs> trademark. <laughs> that's a verbal trademark That's that's legally binding. Um, did you name Velociraptor oh, yeah. or did she? Well, your daughter couldn't figure out what to name one. And I go, that's the biggest one. 
It should be a Velociraptor. I thought because it was it's a like a di- it's like it's like the dinosaur of the, it was the dinosaur of the group. It was huge. Well, he you should probably you pick should up probably, your dinosaur. I was gonna say you should probably rename him to like Apatosaurus or something because he is gigantic. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's, a, like it's, it's definitely the biggest one out of the group. It's huge. Can you really I mean, tell as far which one as it is? Caterpillars go. Can you really tell which one it is? Still? They they all kind of you know how there was variations and this is so boring. Why are we talking about? It? There's <laughs> no way, variations awesome. in size when they were in the cup to yeah. begin with. Like there was that one really tiny little one. Uh, it's bigger now, but it's still the smallest of the group. The runt. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting that that even caterpillars so have not, runts. So the, so they're not though in, in their their no not yet. Okay, okay. No, they've been spending a lot of time up in the top of the cup though. So I think that probably by tomorrow they'll be. Ready to go. <laughs> Sounds like they're on drugs. I'm like, man, I spent a lot of time in the top of the cup. Top of the cup, bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the excitement in my life. I have <laughs> caterpillars on, on my mantle at my house. <laughs> what about you, Jay? Oh, not much. I just I just realized I had an exciting day today. I realized that the purified water that I'm drinking contains uh, deadly chemicals in it. So. What? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, courtesy of your local Sam's Club. <laughs> Oh, hold on. What, what is this? Let me see. What is it called? Members Mark Purified Water. Oh, okay. And what's in it? And it's mineral enhanced for taste. Mm-hmm. Okay. It consumes mi- the ingredients list on this bottle of water. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, purified water, calcium chloride, which, you know, many people use for de-icing in the wintertime. <laughs> Don't let your pets eat it, right? And uh, sodium bicarbonate. Wow. Baking soda. There you go. So the hazards of calcium chloride... It uh, burns can result in the mouth and esophagus if ingested. Damn! But aren't you supposed to put water on the burns? Oh, oh so it, it this is neutralizing the burns out. as it goes Come down. Come on, guys! Okay. Am I, do I have to be the smartest and one it, in the room all it, the time? And it tastes so damn good. So <laughs> right? who cares? Why does my bottle of water have to have an ingredients I list know, on I it? Do, this water <laughs> tastes like burning. <laughs> What's wrong with water, just as it is? Like, why do you have to enhance the taste I, of water? I will forever not buy that again and just stick with my bear pee in my spring water that I like to buy. <laughs> Wait, bear grills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it literally, Bear Grylls pee. He sell, he bottles it oh, and sells it nowadays. He, yeah, he should. Now everybody can enjoy what he enjoys on the show. <laughs> bear piss. <laughs> That's the extent of my week. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god! Exciting lives. I've uh, yeah. I've just been trying to move. Got my place. Mm-hmm. I think last week we were. I was still waiting to hear. Or no, no. I think I had gotten it by last week. Yeah, I gotten it. Hadn't moved in yet. Got the keys on Friday, so I've been going going back and forth. Found my, out that my hot water tank was uh, it, pretty much on no legs. That thing was rough looking. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It was like if you leave a, a really disgusting looking piece of French toast on the grill for too long. And it's just got like, like it's all black and bubbly. and Who grills French toast? If you did, you can imagine <laughs> what it would be like. Um, <laughs> no, it was gross. It, it, it looked like a, it looked like one of the bodies like you would pull out of like, like a toxic dump. Where it's like all like red and green and gross and yeah, just yeah, gross. That's, uh, that's it was vivid. disgusting. That is vivid. It took them five hours to change it out today though because they could not get to it back in the little corner. It took, was absolutely ridiculous. It took them five hours and yet you still were watching one of the movies for mm. today ten minutes mm. before you came here. I tried watching the movie while I was there today, no, but no. of course Comcast. 
got fucked up and I couldn't get my service there. So I still don't have internet at the new place. And I canceled an appointment to get it today because I was supposed to go pick up a bed frame from, from somebody. They fucked me over. Mm. So the whole day today has just been a fucking waste. Yep. Well, <laughs> the joys of moving and the breaks. Else, right. Um, <laughs> we did find out that uh, Mike lives, what is it, 535? 535 paces from yours. From me. The only reason we we had to count is because John, who was on the show last week, moved in a few months ago, and I, I know that he lives 495 paces from me, so we wanted to see who lives closer. So it's like moths to the flame. So we went over to Mike's, had a bunch of drinks, and then me and John walked back to my house and in the uh, most silent, most awkward walk back to my house because we're both counting in our head. <laughs> I found out that you're 535 paces away. <laughs> nice, nice. I will never walk that. I will always... Wait, I already did. Shit. Yeah, you did. Fucked that up, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Now I will always be biking over to your house. Even during the winter? Even during the winter. That's dangerous. You get one of those tires with the huge, fat tires, which I really don't understand the point of those. I don't really I really either. don't get it. Do you know it? Well, you're you supposed see to be able f- to take them off-roading. Is that what they're Snow, for? Snow, mud, all that. Oh. Well, I, guess I kind that of assume. I kind of assume that's what they were, but then you see people <coughs> in the city riding them. I mostly time. see. Yeah, you mostly only see people on city streets riding those things. Mm-hmm. Granted, I... granted, I'm not spending too much time on mountain biking trails, so. Oh, I do. Oh, do you? Every do you Thursday, see a lot of Thursday. those fat tires? Yeah. Do you? Oh, oh well, there you go. You just proved yourself wrong. See a lot of fat people walking, <laughs> walking the trails too. <laughs> but I would imagine. I would imagine they'd be great in the snow in, in the uh, city. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, if you ride your bike in snow. Loser. (laughs) Speaking of losers, we got some stuff sort of wrong last week. All right, let's hear it. Stupid! You're so stupid! Well, I got something. I got something actually wrong, not just sort of wrong. Uh, Courtesy of Carney, once again. Once again. Our uh, the new veto. Yes, our our watchdog. He told me that we were talking about Ghostbusters, and there was one scene that really frightened me as a child. First of all, I couldn't remember the, the name of Janos. How can you forget that? Janos? Janos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the name of Janos. But he told me that Janos is not riding a bike in the scene where uh, the baby is out on the... Um, he goes out the window, yeah, and then he's yeah. out on the ledge. And I said that... It's just like a ghost bike, isn't it? It's not a bike. He's not riding a bike. He's, I, remember, he's, I remember a bike, too, though. He's pushing uh, like a like a perambulator, like a, a uh, stroller. Yep, you're right. And you're he's right. got the uh, like the cape waving behind him. Yeah, that scene scared the hell out of me when I yep. was younger. And then he reaches out with his long arm and is grabs it, the baby. Is it because we're thinking of like ET that we're thinking of a bike? Are we mixing? I, I our, think it's our, our I think it's the sci-fi hat. movies. I think it's the hat that he's wearing and the way the cape flows behind him that I think of the the Wicked Witch from. But she's riding a broom. No, no, no. Like uh, when. Dorothy is in the the middle of the tornado, mm-hmm. and she's seeing all things, all kinds of things flying by the window. Her neighbor, the the wicked old lady who lives next door, who later in the movie plays the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, she's riding a bike with a basket on the front, and she's got this stupid little hat on and her mm. coat flying behind her. So gotcha. I think that that image replace itself replace the uh the visual of Janos with the perambulator uh, in my mind. I, I, I can get that. That the so. image of that the of her on the bike is pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, <laughs> uh so mine's more of uh an addendum uh for something that I said last week. Uh we were talking about the um how they found the 
Speaking of Ghostbusters, the uh-huh. raw footage from Ghostbusters in a salt mine. Yeah. And I actually wanted to know more about that because I'd always known that they had, that they had um, stored stuff there. And I thought maybe that our reasoning for it was wrong. Not so much. It's just that it's not so much that the salt controls the moisture. It's just that it's underground. It's just a constant state of temperature and humidity. And it's just it's very it's very good for storing stuff. Um, you Probably just, because a, of the salt. A, a but. constant state of temperature and humidity which is moisture salt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's true so we were, no, we were right about that but one thing that i found that was very interesting about it is uh we have a very unlikely source to thank for at least the biggest underground storage facility ever which is where they film store a lot of the films it's a place called underground vaults and storage they have one two it's not very creative three four five six seven it looks like locations uh spread out mostly in kansas but then also in um hey, kentucky sp- and Missouri. Uh, but we have a very unlikely source to thank, and that is a man named Rick Moranis. Hitler. What? <laughs> oh. So the guy, so the guy that started this stuff remembered from World War II that Hitler would store a lot of valuables, like artwork and all that stuff, underground in salt mines. Mm-hmm. And so he got the idea to find very secure salt mines that weren't near any any fault lines, weren't near you know, anything mm-hmm. that, that could cause uh, underground catastrophes, yeah. and store stuff. And it's like a perfect thing. To say that we have Hitler to thank for it, well, I feel like is <laughs> <laughs> Well <laughs> Thanks Hitler. Like we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna say that we have him to thank for it, but uh we have him to, well, we can't not thank him for it, because if he didn't do it, then we wouldn't have it, and a lot of our treasures would be lost. We kicked him in... Just saying. We kicked him in the head, and we took his idea. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. There we go. Kicked his stupid teeth down his stupid throat. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. America. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I just thought that was very interesting, though, that that's where the guy got the idea from. Um, yeah, you know, that is pretty wild. From World War II. And it makes sense, though. You yeah. know, they obviously figured it out before us, just like a lot of technology. Operation Paperclip, but we're not getting into that. God, shut up. (laughs) Uh, That's all I got for corrections, though. Alrighty then. So, uh, today on the show. Hold on, hold on. I don't want to make it sound like I'm being sympathetic to the Nazis. (laughs) Just putting that out there. (laughs) I just realized how that could have come come off a little bit. Do you need to backpedal anymore? No, I'm not backpedaling. Or can we move on? I'm good. We good? I got a floater wheel, so even though I'm I'm backpedaling, I'm not actually going backwards. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so this week we are talking about holes. Yes. In the ground. Yes. Not not anywhere else. No. Not in your bum. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not in the sky. Nope. A hole in the sky. <clears throat> a hole in the sky. The ozone. A black, a black, hole. black hole. A black hole. No, that's your bum. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about holes in the ground. And uh, to go along with that, Michael. Yes? I, I want to say, I, I always talk about how somewhere... In the world, there is, yes, it was almost, I almost had a stuttering I, yeah, moment. <laughs> almost. Uh, somewhere in the world, there's always a beer that is absolutely perfect for what we're talking about. Yet, you know, being that you can't, a lot of beers are small batch, you know, small breweries and this, you know, that kind of stuff. We don't have access to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There is an actual brewery called Hole in the Ground Brewing. Of course there is. Of course there is. Where are they from? Not here. <laughs> you didn't even, you found the perfect beard and didn't here. even bother to find out where I, it was. I didn't want to let myself down that much. Mm. So instead of going for that theme, I actually went more specific to one of the movies. More specific to one of the movies. That movie being The Gate. Yes. From 1985, right? No. Is it? No. 1987. 87. I'm sorry. 
The Gate from 1987. We are also talking about from 2019, The Hole in the Ground. Hmm. Very um, original title. Very original title. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Um, so to go along with that, more so to go along with The Gate, Michael picked up Hop Rocket. Hop, hop Rocket! I just think from, of Hot Pockets. Huh? Hot Pockets. <laughs> hop Rocket. I think of Cock Rocket from Orgasmo. <laughs> Cock Rocket! Um, this is Hop Rocket Imperial IPA from Arcadia Ales, handcrafted in Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah. This Imperial IPA has an assertive aroma of sticky resinous hops, <laughs> mostly Summit. There's a break in the box that makes it kind of hard to read. Mostly Summit and an equally complex flavor profile, including notes of grapefruit, lemon peel, and spruce. Although the flavor focuses on hops, a trio of malts balances this beer to a delicious level of palatability with hints of caramel, 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 toffee, and freshly baked biscuits. Biscuits. Suggested food pairings. These are always fun, right? Mm. Uh, Indian or Thai cuisine, chicken marsala with rosemary, habanero salsa, gumbo, carrot cake, and pepper jack cheese. Those are extremely specific foods. Well, yeah, when you, you typically, when you do do food pairings with a drink it's specific <laughs> well yeah but like you should think oh this goes well this goes well with pork or this goes well with whatever like this is like very specifically chicken marsala and well has, chicken chicken marsala be, with rosemary it's probably because of the like the spruce does this not go well with jalapeno salsa does it have to be habanero Haban no well, but it, but it has that. to use mccormick's brand garlic oh that's so. it that's the one i do like mccormick's you know that habanero <laughs> salsa tastes vastly different from mm. jalapeno salsa though well true but come on by the way i found my my new favorite hot sauce of all time it's called secret art secret aardvark yeah they, they had that on uh, hot ones oh it's so good i never actually had it it's really really good is it better than uh than uh, uh, Nando's Peri Peri, it's close. Ooh, it's so good. It's they're two very different sauces. One is one is habanero and like uh, probably water water based. I don't think it's vinegar based. But then Peri Peri is got that lemon. lemon. It's like very lemony. The yeah, lemon zesty. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, but all back right. To, here back we go. to the beer. Back to the oh, beer. Oh wait, we didn't, you didn't we didn't say why this actually. Oh, hop relates. rocket for it because in uh, in the gate. Steven Dorff's character, Glenn, <laughs> is... Your name's Glenn? Your name's Glenn? Uh, is, uh, Nobody's going to get that but us. His character, Glenn, is obsessed with rockets. Yeah. And eventually uses one against the devil. He uses, he uses his white rocket to destroy <laughs> the evil. <laughs> oh, don't we all? All right. Cheers, boys. Ooh, that's wow! Wow, that, that there is, is a, yum. There is a burst of flavor that hits your tongue <laughs> right away. Like I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like it really does. Like it's very flavor forward. A lot of times the beer you'll get it on the back end. Yeah. This is like it's just like as soon as it hits your lips, it just explodes because it's a rocket and then washes around your palate. Mike's not used to getting it <laughs> in the mouth right away. He is used to getting it in the back end. So it's, it's well, in the yeah. hole. Or or usually sometimes if you're like in a car, you can't quite get it in your mouth. It splashes on your face before you can actually, you know, drinking and driving. There you go. <laughs> that's that's what you're talking about. I'm a passenger. I don't, I don't know if that's worse or the the insinuate. Yeah, here here's the hypocrisy of Mike Mike Heckman by the way. What's up? Uh road bevies. 
your hypocrisy when it comes to road bevies. Here's he's, my... he's completely fine with drinking road bevies in anyone else's car, but he will not allow them in his own. Well, because if we get pulled over in your car when you're driving, I'm not the one that gets the ticket for but, it. By the but, way, by the way, just to just to at least just to clear, correction. Just to clear sure. things here, road bevies are only for passengers, yes, never yeah. for drivers. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, also, though, I have I think the biggest reason is because I have the worst luck in the entire world, and something would happen while I'm driving that would cause like an accident or something not beer related, not anything related. Mm-hmm. Like a like a like a woodchuck would run into the middle of the road. And I would have to swerve and hit a tree or something. You know, like something stupid would happen. While we were in the back seat drinking yes. woodchuck cider. The story was involved. Exactly. I just don't even want to tempt fate. Come on. I don't want to tempt fate. I'm there with you. No no road bevies in my vehicle either. So. Oh, for crying out loud. Also, to be clear, the road bevies thing is a very rare occurrence. It's not like we just drive around Michigan drinking all the Who's time. Who's backpedaling now? But wait. <laughs> I'm just trying to specify that we're not as big of alcoholics as we seem. Why can you be in a limo driver or a party bus and you can have as many road bevies as you want? Exactly. Ah, 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 ah. Or an because Uber. There's a, no. Because there is a, uh, a partition. A partition, yeah. Not, I'm, on, I'm, not on a party bus, there's not. Nah, There's the yellow true. line. That's it. There's the yellow Look, line. It's a partition. It's a yellow partition. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to paint a yellow line between my back seat and my front seat. And, and, you, then... and, and it's legal, I think, if you have to put a sign like up in the front, like on the steering wheel, on the horn, uh-huh. it says, uh, driver not allowed to consume alcoholic beverages while driving. There you go. And driver must wash hands before returning to work. That has to be there too. Ocean We just stuff. found the workarounds, boys. Let's go drinking and driving. Yeah. Oh, we're the worst. Uh, booze cruising, not drinking booze and driving. Booze cruising. No, All don't right. don't don't drink and drive. Don't don't even road bevy. You yeah. probably shouldn't do don't, it. Just don't even drive. Or, or do. Yeah, no, drink and walk. By all means, drink and walk. Well, drinking and walking is good, yeah. It's fantastic. Definitely. Drinking drinking and biking is good. <laughs> Which could, maybe not too much, but <laughs> Yeah. That could also be pretty hazardous. Um yeah, so anyway, it's time for Mike's favorite segment of the entire uh, show. You know, I was really kind of hoping that we could just gloss past this. And and not do it. There's no glossing, because uh, he's in it now, and he's 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 coming to the show more prepared each week, and I respect him for that. By the looks of him, there's no glossing, and I'm guessing there's no not much flossing either, is there? <laughs> or bathing, or brushing yeah. of the teeth. Hey, hey, or um, he's still my cousin. Just pull back a little bit. Pull back on listen, the reins. It's not my fault. He makes soup in his toilet. Oh my god, <laughs> that's it's not soup. It's <laughs> It's gumbo, and it's <laughs> fucking delicious. So, uh, anyway, um, if Wait you have you, you brought me gumbo a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good, wasn't it? I knew it tasted like yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, if you, if you haven't been listening to the show for the last few weeks, uh, I myself have not seen too many of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, and we, my cousin Jimmy Tony hasn't either. So are we catching up to where you guys have seen at this point? Uh, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, I've I've seen like the first six movies or okay. something like that. Okay. Uh, he hasn't seen any of them, so these are these are all brand new watches for him. So, um, we're doing a segment where he comes on once a week, does a quick little rundown of each Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and not quick enough. Not quick enough. It's, As uh, you can tell, me and Jimmy Tony don't exactly get along. Yeah, Mike has never Something really liked him. Something about some buckshot. It, it was birdshot. Birdshot, sorry. Yeah, buckshot, okay. I'd be pretty much dead. <laughs> All right, so anyway. It's Jimmy Tony's Marvelous Minute. 
right, uh, Jimmy Tony, are you there? Yeah, boys, can you hear me? We can we can hear you loud and clear. All right. Glad it's to have you back me. on the line. Hey, Sorry, hey, hey. Damn, boy, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too, man. I feel like we just got this thing. We just connect every week. Even when you're not here, I feel like you're here in my soul. I feel the same way, man. I tell all my I tell all my people down here that use kinfolk. It's it's the same, man. I, they're like, hey, you've been hanging around with this new guy. I'm like, he's my new best friend. He's got two first names, and uh, he's just a cool all around guy. Yeah, uh, you need you need some new friends, man. Jay. Just uh, saying. Oh, just Michael. Saying. Oh, oh I, I'm sorry. I knew I'd hear Michael eventually. Damn I'm, it, boy. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, is this better? I'm dropping my voice a little bit. Oh, hey. Oh, hey is that Michael. it? Is that it? <laughs> that was nice. Hey, Mike, you know, do you know that international male superstar model, Fabio? Um, I, I'm familiar, yes. If we put a picture of your face next to his testicles, I'd guess they, my guess is they'd look remarkably the same. Well, I, I have to imagine that his testicles has, have the same flowing locks. Which well, means, which means they would look nothing like me, Jimmy well, Tony. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me be clear. I mean that as both a compliment to international male model superstar Fabio, as well as a slight to you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I you know what? Let's let's get on with this. Come on, Michael. Let's you know on. you love me. F- Fabio might actually go to that new male groomer. I don't know if you've seen this, Jimmy Tony, but the guy has a uh, he perp or uh, his sole purpose in life is to groom man's genitalia <laughs> area. <laughs> Have you seen? I heard of this thing. Oh, that's a fine idea. <laughs> it's like a salon for that, men that downstairs. A, that's a fine idea. Why not? You know, Every, all, all, everybody's different. It's like a thumbprint down there. Everybody's got a different one. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> hey, amen to that. Bra- oh, all right. Break a brain print. <laughs> <laughs> the wrinkles in the brain. <laughs> Oh, All man. right, Jimmy Tony. Uh, Jay, do you have uh, do you have the the marvelous minute counter going? We got the timer ready to go. All right, well, what are you, we, got, you still time me after all this time? You're still doing gonna it. time me? Hey, man, I got to. I don't want to listen to your I don't want to listen to your beautiful voice any longer than I have to, Jimmy Tony. So uh, I, I feel I feel like that was an insult, Michael, but I'm gonna let it slide. Well, well, <laughs> okay, slides like your morals. What are we talking about this week? <laughs> Well, this week we're talking about Thor. Thor. Y'all okay. heard of it? I, I have. I, I think you have one in your closet, don't you? A Thor? <laughs> no, that's, I got the Loki in my closet. <laughs> it's the god of mischief, baby. <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. You got a minute. Let's go. All right. And go. Thor, son of Odin and soon to be king of, the, of Asgard, who through all fault of his own has been banished to... New Mexico. <laughs> Odin, the All-Father, great and powerful, can banish him to any desolate wasteland in the universe, and he chooses New Mexico. It's here that he makes acquaintance with Eric Darcy and the lovely Jane Foster. <clears throat> Basically, what we got for the rest of the movie is Thor dealing with his new mortal form, sexual tension between him and Jane, and running all over Hill's half-acre looking for his mighty hammer, Mjolnir. Well, back on Asgard, his friends Lady Sif and the Warriors Three slowly start to realize that Thor's brother Loki is not just the god of mischief, but also might be f- flat out nuttier than a shit house rat. Now, boys, that's what's that's what you got on the surface of this picture. Mm-hmm. But what are we really seeing here? Um, a, a really good-looking guy with bleached eyebrows trying to get laid. Let me. Let, let, that's my time already. That's the dog saying, get off my damn lawn, right, boy. Let, let me wrap this up, boys. Let me wrap it up. 
I'm going to give you a New York minute now. All right. <laughs> so, Michelle, what we actually got here is a man with a superiority complex loses the ability to wield his mighty hammer, forcing him to take a hard look at himself. It's only after he realizes his true self-worth and the power to wield his mighty hammer is restored that he finally makes a move on the lovely Jane Foster. If that ain't a parable about the struggles of dealing with erectile dysfunction, <laughs> I don't know what it uh, is, boys. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was about to say, Jimmy, Tony, that's kind of beautiful. But then, but then you brought it, you brought it back, and well, well, it's still know, beautiful. Well, you know, I am a Baird, and just like my cousin James last week said, that Baird means bard, also minstrel. We're both poets in a way. <laughs> For a second, I thought you said you're a bear. <laughs> you wish, brother. <laughs> oh, All right. So what anyway, is, what is happening right now? Let, let's let's wrap this up with a few uh, few uh, scores. How about? All right, uh, sounds good. All right. So uh, for Chris Hemsworth playing Thor, I gave him an eight. That's one point for every abdominal muscle that he shows in the movie. Uh, I, I gave Cat Dennings, who plays Darcy, a one, and uh, that's one point for every for every role in every movie that she's ever played that didn't annoy the bejesus out of me. We, we, we agree on that. And, and that was this one movie. Wow. Uh, for the lovely Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, I gave her a seven for her role as uh, as Jane Foster. I gave her an extra three for making out with that girl from the 70s show in that Black Swan movie. Uh, so she gets a perfect 10. And uh, I, I guess overall for this movie, I'm going to say I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed all everything, what was going on with the uh, that crazy God planet and everything. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Wow, that's yeah, high praise. It's high praise from Jimmy, Jimmy Tony, I know, wow. but... Uh, I don't know if that means this movie was really good or you have really bad taste, but, you know. Well, I don't know. Did you like it, Michael? I mean, I I, I thought it was a good movie. I might rate it like a six, though, in the Marvel Universe. You have no idea what's coming up, my friend. So you are... You are these are all. I use, I these use are friends very loosely, by the way. Hey, man, these are all new to me, so I'm just going with my gut. That's fair. So, I think we uh, might we might need to raise the uh, the ten level to like a twenty, though, by the end of this. You, I'm just saying, Sam. Just you want to know something, Michael? When you talk, I can actually hear the amount of pomade in your hair. <laughs> you sissy. Can you cut so off? much pomade? Can you cut them off? Yeah. All right. We're gonna get you out of here, Jimmy right, Tony. Yeah, Thanks for boys, stopping on the show again, you. man. It was good to talk to you. We'll get Jim, Jim back in from his uh, his restroom break. It, <laughs> Is he gone again? Yeah. Poop it, man. Damn boy, that boy likes yeah, to poop. I'm gonna take was, him to the urgent care, get him checked out. It was actually not nice talking to you whatsoever. But I hope I I hope the Gators are hungry, and I wish you farewell. Yeah. Go to hell, Mike. Yeah. Later, boys. Peace. All right, that was Jimmy Tony, Mike's favorite person in the world, and uh, uh, James's yeah. cousin. The best part of that was was Jimmy Tony because uh, <laughs> he's gone now, which means we can get on with our show. Did I miss the segment again? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Did it call uh, everything come out okay? I had El Charo yesterday. Oh, so. <laughs> it's Mexican for them. For those of you who aren't Michiganders, at least our specific part of who Michigan. Who are Fraser residents? Is El Charo only in Michigan? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Is it? I think so. Wow. Uh, and Which means the rest of the world besides Mexico is missing out. Best fish tacos oh, around, oh man. Oh, my God, right? Mm. Unless you count Max's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually do. Oh, no. You <laughs> they're, they're still better. <laughs> You know what? I you know what? I'm on board with that. <laughs> oh my god. All right. All right. Well, anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. That was Jimmy Tony. Let's get into the bleed feed.
Alright, so uh, this week's news is going to be a little bit... What are you hiding your face for? Are you afraid of the bleed feed, James? I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to really be afraid of except for my delivery. Because because we've been so busy this week, I literally have the news in front of me. I didn't even go through it. So this is gonna be this is gonna be an and uh this an will be interesting. A, this will be a one and a half hour segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, um we like booze, right? Uh, no yeah. one, wait, first off, no one died this week. That that that's cause for celebration. That's great, yeah. Again, someone did, but not no one we care about. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody we know. Let's put it at that point. Speaking of something that we do care about, though, um, we we both, all three of us, I think, at least on some varying levels, like the band Slipknot, right? Oh uh, yeah. Maybe not their not maybe not their new masks completely. Uh, <laughs> another another Tom Savini miss. <laughs> a little, I little would bit, say, a little man. Bit. Like between the uh, who was the uh, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. So his, let me let me specify. It was Tom Savini and so, and his team. Now Bray Wyatt, though, I will say this though. Bray Wyatt has a new photo out with him wearing the mask. Yeah. It's actually with his girlfriend and his kid. Yeah. His <laughs> newborn baby. He's cradling it with that mask <laughs> That's on. That's kind of awesome, actually. And it looks a lot better, to be honest. Oh, with you. okay. It does look better. The weird thing about that mask at first was like it was kind of popping out at the sides. Yeah. And it wasn't like form fitting. Mm. I think that was honestly a big part of it because that's the same thing that I don't like about Corey Taylor's new mask. Yeah, is that it sort of pops out like it, it, his cheeks look fat almost. And yeah. it's a weird thing. That being said, um, Slipknot though, uh, whether you like them or not, what you might like about them is that they have their own official whiskey called oh. the Number Nine Iowa Whiskey. Nice, pretty interesting. Um, I don't know anything about it because I didn't actually read this news article, <laughs> but it has an official August 10th launch. Um, you can get it at select markets in North America. It is 90 proof and it will retail for $39.99. We should probably get a bottle for we the show. Huh? Probably get a bottle for the show yeah. and then do a masks episode because that would just make sense. We already did a masks episode. No, we well yeah, but that was like pre pre format. It was so, a top 10 episode. So was it? somebody yeah. stop me? <laughs> is that what why you're was, talking about? Why was that not number one? <laughs> They um, call me Cuban Pete. Are you uh, sure? Because I know that we did a, we did masks and casks. Uh, that was the episode oh, that we did. It was not a top was, ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're we right. Should do we a should do a top, top ten, 10 mask. Yeah. Holy that shit. That would be my favorite episode. You know what? Scrap this episode. Let's do a top ten mask yeah, right now. Fuck this episode. <laughs> Let's not do that. Actually, All right, guys. Good night. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, like I said, August tenth, you can get the launch. It's only a couple days after my birthday, so anybody listening should probably buy at least thirteen bottles. Hey. And then send them to me. Hey, it'll be in the mail with my death whistle, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just pour some into it. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> all right, next up here, we're getting a new Amityville horror movie. Oh. Um, because of all the movies that can't get made, we keep getting new Amityville horror movies. <laughs> There's got to be at least 30 at this point. Yeah, official didn't... and unofficial. Didn't... I don't necessarily understand it. The last one took like seven years to make because it kept coming like com coming across snags in the production. Yeah. Like, yeah. why I, why even try again? This one though comes to your way in stunning oh. prequel fashion. Oh, hello! We're getting an Amityville prequel, which honestly we already know the prequel because it was the first movie. Sure. <laughs> um, but then again, though, I don't know. Maybe it was haunted beforehand i don't fucking know I, man i don't know we're getting a new amityville movie uh it's called amityville 1974 it's the prequel to 1973 <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so uh, there you go that's what we're getting what are you doing um, uh the story that uh the this is a story 
that takes its jumping off point from the true facts surrounding the DeFeo tragedy, uh, but also focuses on the human drama that took place inside a family as they were relentlessly stalked by a terrifying... It was the first movie! <laughs> this is the original movie! It's not a prequel! Uh, you're getting real-time reactions from me because I haven't read this yet. All right, fuck it. All right, that's Amityville. Um, <laughs> Maybe this is what we should do the, the news every week. <laughs> Maybe. So we get genuine reactions. I'll stumble through the actual news, but then you'll get genuine reactions. Uh, speaking of super hotties, segue. Yeah. Yeah. Because the house is super hot, right? It's got a good roof. I like it. Um, Annie Potts strongly hints that she is returning as Janine in the new Ghostbusters. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, my mind was doing a lot of things right there. I was you like, know who this is, right? Annie Potts, yeah. Welcome to Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out why you said, speaking of hotties. <laughs> well, Harold Ramis thought she was a hottie because oh. he talked about slime and molds with her. And that's what you do when you're trying to impress a chick. I'm going to slime your mold. Um, but yeah, no, uh, she said, uh, basically, I've heard some things, and if it's true what I've heard, yeah, I think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know if that's talking about her role or not, because again, I haven't fucking read this shit, but <laughs> she's talking about it. From the sounds of it, though, if uh, Sigourney Weaver is for sure back, it means they're bringing back old characters. Yeah. There's no reason that Annie Potts at least wouldn't be in it for a short bit. It obviously means that the other two are going to have at least a part in it, so... You know, Jason Reitman's new movie is shaping up to be good. It's going to be that Passing of the Torch movie, I think, mm -hmm. that Dan Aykroyd always wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and the being that that's handled by somebody... I feel like it's better that it's being handled by Jason Reitman than Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Why is that? Just because you're getting a new perspective. You know what I'm saying? If we were getting a new Ghostbusters movie that was written by Aykroyd, uh, directed by Ivan... You're really not getting any new perspective on it. Right. You're getting what the old guard thinks people nowadays want. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, us younger generation, you know, yes, we watch these movies, but we're, it seems like the sensibilities are always a little bit different, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so I think it's good that Jason Reitman's taking the reins. You know, uh, I, I think, I think it'll be good. I really do. I guess, um, I guess going back to what I was talking about earlier, my main question is, will Peter McNichol be back as Janos? Um... Because that's important. But that was Ghostbusters 2. Whatever. Don't care. I don't know, man. This, <laughs> I think this is a direct sequel to Ghostbusters. I think. I don't know if that's been... That's how I've always taken this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope not, though. That means they're retconning this... The, they're retconning... Uh, uh, what's his name? The painting guy. Why can't I think of his name? Vigo? Vigo! He's Vigo! He's Vigo! <laughs> you are like the buzzing of flies to him! <laughs> that would be the retconning Vigo and the slime guns. I don't know if I'm okay with that. Yeah. I know that they're not as good as the first, but I uh. fucking love them. Okay, well, I, I, I guess really the most important, Rick Moranis, will he be back? Yes. Will he? I'm hoping. I'm speaking out, <laughs> I'm speaking out of my ass here. I'm this hoping. Is, none of this is actual news. This is just... Speculation. What? You, what? What's blowing your mind right now? Um. So okay, we keep talking about how I'm moving into a new place, right? Besides the way my face looks, mm. I'm moving into a new place, right? Yes. What's the one way? What's the one term that I've used to describe my bathroom? Huge, huge, huge. I have blank wall space in my bathroom that needs a Vigo the Carpathian. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking like mm -hmm. like rug, like an actual hand stitched Vigo rug <laughs> in my bathroom. <laughs> we actually talked about putting a guest bed in your bathroom. That's how big it is. It's huge. It's huge. Oh my god, I need Vigo in my life. Okay, uh moving on here. Uh Blumhouse is remaking again Black Christmas. 
apparently we oh, not, yeah. not apparently we got a Black Christmas remake a few years back. Two thousand five um, didn't was it? get great critical response. Uh, I don't think a lot of people liked it all that much, but um, this time it's being written by Sophia Tackle T A K A L. T-A-K-A-L. Tackle? Tackle. Tackle. Tackle, yeah. I don't know. It depends on what ethnicity she is, kind of. <laughs> any any variation but, um, of that name, yeah. Uh, apparently, she wrote Charmed, uh, and then uh, it's being directed by uh, April Wolf. No, I'm sorry. I read this wrong, because <laughs> I'm stupid. Uh, Sophia Tackle. 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 You know, we're going to go with it. Sophia Tackle, um, who is one of the stars of uh, VHS, a uh, movie we loved. Mm -hmm. uh, she directed a film called Always Shine uh, and also an episode of Into the Dark. Uh, she's going to be directing the script written by April Wolf uh, and will also star uh, Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots. Uh, she's my, my favorite last name. Poots. 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 <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is coming out December 13th, so right on holiday season. All right. So uh, if you love the original, if you hated the remake, now you might like the second remake. I There's really no way to go to put spin on that. Uh, um, fucking remakes, man. 2006, by the way. I said 2005 yeah. a little while ago. 2006 was the remake of Black Christmas. I, um, I love the original Black Christmas. I don't think that I saw the uh, remake. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, I also love the original. The, the remake was just one of those early 2000s, who was, uh, ensemble, like, I don't know. It who was, was in a, the, who was in the original? Was it Margot Robbie? Yes. It was Margot Robbie? Yes. God, she was hot in that movie. <laughs> she was. Margot Robbie was a, was a looker. She is was, a looker. Is a looker. Wasn't she the alcoholic in the movie? She was. <laughs> We know like we I know love Mike's a girl. Type. I love a girl that can hold her booze. What can I say? <laughs> um, this new remake, though, is going to be produced by Jason Blum. So there's at least a pedigree there. Mm -hmm. Jason Blum typically knows what he's doing. I say typically. There's been a couple of, uh, you know, lackluster <laughs> things in there, but uh, no, it, it it should be good. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, let's see here. Moving on, uh, we have some blues. Oh, we do indeed. All right, from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, the Banana Splits movie uh. is headed to digital on August 13th and Blu-ray combo pack and DVD on August uh, 27th. So the week of that, yes. we are doing an episode that's going to be the Banana Splits, and I know it's not a horror movie, but we're doing it. Oh, the it. Happy Time Murders? No. Oh, that would actually be a really good one, too. Or Meet the Feebles. No, neither. <laughs> Which one? I was going to go with Death to Smoochie. Oh, uh, you know it's what? It's not There's a horror a... movie. It's not a horror movie. No, not at all. But you know what? I don't care because I love that movie and it's about a kids. It's about a children's TV show. That's my point. Yeah, but there's several there's several things like that because uh there was just an episode of um what's that Hulu What's In, that? Into the Dark. Yeah, into the Dark. Yeah. Into the Dark just did a, a Christmas episode that was about a children's character oh, did they? that killed people. Uh, okay. So we could do that. And I just well, fine. Will you at least just watch Death to Smoochie? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just really want to rewatch that movie. Uh, so if you if you don't know, this whole thing is very bizarre to me. Um, so the Banana Splits movie is based off of the the cult favorite animal rock band from Hanna Barbera's 1968 The Banana Splits Adventure Hour variety program. It was a legit so kids legitimate show. kids show. Somehow they got the have licensing. You, have you heard about this? I've heard of it. I haven't. Uh, okay, okay. I somehow, looked into it too much. Somehow they got the licensing to turn it into a violent, gory horror movie. It's which ridiculous. I love. It'd be like taking um, 
um, who is the who is the uh, the kids show that the skidamarinky dinky dinks? Oh, the elephant, the elephent show. They've like turned the elephant show, which was like my, one of my favorite kids shows. They was it was it the guy that ran through the log? That was the same show. No, right? no, no. That was Fuck. that was Fred Penner. <laughs> Fred Penner. Yeah. My God. Okay, it would be like taking either one of those shows though, like two like staples of my childhood. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um and turning them into like Evil Dead. Like, I've, I've got it. Right? Or or what? it would or it would be like taking the Banana Splits Adventure Hour and turning <laughs> it into a horror movie. My point is, I did not watch the Banana Splits though mm. when I was a kid. So like, I'm thinking of like any of these these did, shows. Did from you my watch? Childhood. Did you watch H.R. Puff and stuff? Not really. Eureka's I, Castle. Eureka's yes! Castle. Oh my yeah. god! If Eureka's Castle got turned into a fucking haunted house, fire breathing dragon. <laughs> oh my god. Instead of the elephant show, we could have the elephant show. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I don't know. Mike like, is I'm, gripping my arm right now, and I'm slightly oh getting God. turned on. I'm this super into. Did happen. you watch the trailer for this movie? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, it's it, amazing. It looks great. Uh, it follows a boy named Harley and his family as they go to a taping of the Banana Splits TV show, which is supposed to be a fun-filled birthday for young Harley, but things take an unexpected turn, and the body count quickly rises. Ken Harley. And his mom and their new pals safely escape. It uh, and it looks like it's violent. Like yeah, oh, very oh, violent. horrendously violent. I don't understand. Like, how did they do this? How did they pull this off? I don't off? know. Listen, I'm as as excited as I am for this movie, mm-hmm. and I am. I'm gonna watch it the day it comes out because this is like my bread and butter. I love <laughs> I love this kind of like weird zany yeah. horror kind of stuff or whatever. I'm so focused on a Eureka's Castle horror movie now. Like <laughs> this needs to happen. My name is. Mitch there was Allen. a fucking dragon. You can make evil dragons. We've seen them. There was the there uh, the main chick with the fucking. Did she have like a unicorn spike? Was she a unicorn? Who Eureka? Yeah, Eureka. No, she didn't have a unicorn spike. There's some bitch had a unicorn spike in that in that show. I swear to God, there was. I don't a unicorn. think so. I don't think so. My point is though, those characters could so easily be turned dark. And like you have a dragon in the back of the castle. Haunted castle movies are already so easily to be done. Like look, we just a house on hill. Really, yeah, so really we have an evil like, dragon who eats peanut butter and banana happen. sandwiches. Really, any- <laughs> this needs to happen. Really, any puppetry can be turned evil because puppets. More... Puppets. I don't know, like for some reason you you reach a certain age where you believe that puppets like they stop going, they stop being whimsical and start being creepy and evil looking. Yeah. Right. You go out on a whim, sickle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I'm no, I'm no longer, I'm no longer into like puppets and marionettes and stuff. Like as horror, as a horror movie, yeah, sure. for sure, because they are. There's something inherently creepy about puppets. And then at the very end, you get the uh, Chucky from the remake that shows up oh, that gosh. is killed by real Chucky, <laughs> and just ends that cycle right there. Right? It's uh-huh. perfect. Oh my god, I want this to happen so badly. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> From the Banana Splits movie, the uh, the next and final is uh, The Curse of La Llorona on Blu-ray combo pack and DVD on August 6th. Um, you can also get it on digital on July 16th. The Curse of La Llorona is produced by James Wan and directed by Michael Chavez, or is, is it Chavez? Chavez. Or Ch- is it Chavez? I believe it's Chavez. Okay. Um, it brings to life the terrifying Latin American legend of... La Llorona. Did I just actually pronounce something correctly for you? Shh, maybe. Shut the fuck up, Shut <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, all, it's also coming with the special features of uh, uh, feature at the myth of La Llorona, Behind the Curse, 
the making of featurette and deleted scenes. Ooh, I so do love deleted scenes. Look out for that. Oh my God, Jay, what is that? That was that doll I found at that house. That's his oh, dick. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, I was trying to find the photo while you were still on that topic, but that's a creepy ass doll. That is a spooky looking doll. We should post a picture of this on our it's, Instagram. It's crying. I walked into this dark room and I was like, oh, what's in here? And that doll's eyes were lit up. This thing is like I can say with almost a hundred percent certainty that this thing is haunted. Oh yeah, there was like a hundred other dolls in there, but that was the the creepiest. This is one. the only one looking at you with yeah. these big like baleful, creepy black eyes. We'll, we'll share a photo <laughs> of it. Speaking of creepy dolls, we have a synopsis for Stranger Things three. Oh, segue that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> Oh, we finally have a synopsis for Stranger Things 3, which everybody here and all is looking forward to, because mm-hmm. it's the one show that Jay actually watches, and, um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you have watched both, right? I, I watched both of them before you guys did. You did? Okay, there you go. Uh, okay, so here we go. It's 1985, the year of our Lord, my birth. Are you trying to, are you trying to say that you're the Lord? Yes, I am. I am, clearly. Uh, also yours. Oh, yes, also mine. <laughs> Uh, and summer is heating up. School's out. There's a brand new mall in town. Uh, probably a male in town, too, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey Uh And the Hawkins crew are on the cusp of adulthood. Romance blossoms, and the and it complicates the group's dynamic. And they'll have to figure out how to grow up without growing apart. Meanwhile, danger looms, and the town's threatened by old enemies and new. Eleven... Eleven and her friends are reminded that evil never ends, it evolves, and now they'll have to band together to survive and remember that friendships are always stronger than fear. Oh, I'll be honest with you, this sounds like every single season of Stranger Things before it. <laughs> <laughs> there's really nothing new a whole lot in that synopsis. Well, there's a it, there's a formula to it. It's it's a it's a it's a coming of age tale of a bunch of kids who are growing up in this like in this regular it's, kind it, of It sounds like every synopsis to every season of Family Matters. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Well, it's just I minus giant monsters. They're really, <laughs> but can you imagine Carl Winslow battling giant monsters? I could. I it could would Im- be the greatest fucking thing. I could imagine ever. him battling German terrorists. Is he alive? I don't know. Carl Winslow, did he die? I I have no idea. He was alive in Die Hard. That's I mean I, I know that for a fact. I, did he die? I, I think he's alive, right? He's I don't know. Yeah, pretty sure. I, I feel know. like we would have heard of this. Okay. Sorry, James, go on. Uh, I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> but he is he alive. Is, he is He's alive. alive. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So for Stranger Things 3, though, uh, uh, the episode titles, if you can grasp anything from them, this, mm-hmm. is, this is what it is. You have Susie, do you copy? The Mall Rats, which is pretty awesome because it's like, you know, Mall Rats. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, you have The Case of the Missing Lifeguard, The Sauna Test, The Source, The Birthday, The Bite, and the Battle of Starcourt, which reminds me a lot of like something that would be like D and D, I guess, <laughs> which makes sense because it's Stranger Things. Although I'm I'm guessing Starcourt is probably the name of the mall, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. Starcourt Mall. <laughs> that makes actually way more sense. Doesn't even matter what sense it makes. I am so looking forward to this yeah, new season. Um, I'm excited for the new season. I'm excited to get Alex Sheldon back I was in say, here. When to when the new season it. hits. Al will be back on. It's uh-huh. like his once a year thing. He comes on and, and he brings us delicious beer and, and insights to stranger things that we never even thought. So I am very, very excited about that. And that is all I got. All right. 
Oh, where are we? <laughs> so I guess that would uh, that would bring us probably to our stupid fact of the day, wouldn't it? Hit me, Jay. Jay, All we're right. over here. So, hello, Michael. Hello, hello. Wait. Hello, James. Oh, you're right here. Hey, I I'm here. You. So we're talking about holes today, so I figured I would <laughs> associate our fact with my hole, with your hole, with everybody's favorite hole. And we're going for the deepest hole in this entire world baby who's got the deepest and i'm gonna tell you all right guys check oh, wait <laughs> in 1970 soviet scientists started drilling the cola super deep borehole the super deep borehole <laughs> in murmansk russia they wanted to learn about earth's crust and they wanted to beat american scientists who had abandoned their project molehole in 1966 so after 24 years of digging in several branches in the hole the deepest branch of a koala super deep borehole stopped in 1994 at 12,262 meters that's about 7.5 miles below the earth's surface holy shit it is only nine inches in diameter at the bottom but it's still the deepest hole in the world and the process of drilling was incredibly difficult so, and that's not even past the crust yet of the so, Earth? So, at this point, temperatures had reached 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. And after all that effort and decades of work, the hole only went 0.2% of the way through this, towards the center <laughs> of the Earth, past the, uh, the, uh, the surface of the Earth. So, what you're telling me is based on the depth of this hole, you're telling me that, that the rock movie where they went to the center of the Earth is all bullshit? I think so, BS. yeah. BS. How's your hole? <laughs> Family, how's your hole? I call my hole The Rock. But, um, you know that tune? <laughs> no, no, I'll play it for you on break. All right. That's crazy. That's, that's it. it. It's crazy that the, that the deepest hole ever is really not that deep. Seven and a half uh, miles. That's, point that's, again, that's, only if you, it's, that's only if you subscribe to the globe earth theory mm, that's true that's true us, us square earthers know that that is almost halfway through the earth Duh. i was gonna say that i was gonna say that the other side is about three foot down that's that's how my flat earth works <laughs> or a, it's Can... pan, pancake earth that's where i'm going with but um no i um it's weird wouldn't volcanoes though technically be straight shots to the core yeah but how do you how do you travel down through a volcano superman Oh well, just yeah. Make, just make him dive down. You, you well, know, you know, know that's a good Olymp point. Olympic dives straight down into the lava. <laughs> I, I guess that wouldn't right? technically be a hole because there is a stopping point somewhere, and so that volcano is erupting, yeah. and then there's still it's, something there, which it's is called is... my fist at the other side of the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, here comes Michael. <laughs> that's it. So, so, anyways, that was your stupid fact of the day, and boom, that was the news. All right. Uh, so now we're gonna talk about actual real holes in the ground. Yeah. Because we all know that these. Movies movies are based on fact mm -hmm. so yep. stick with us we'll be back in a couple minutes and uh there you go boom holes throughout this you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp and graphic macabre torturous images that defy description And hopefully a little more regrouped. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, if you're a child of the 80s, then you will know this movie. Um, this is a classic. Ah, uh, yes. Amongst horror fans, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, a movie called The Gate, mm -hmm. uh, which features the, uh, the, the star performance. The incomparable. First, first performance 
of Stephen Dorff, mm-hmm. who would later go on to do nothing of note. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I mean, he did Blade. I mean, that's probably his biggest who, his, who would, his biggest claim to fame. Who would later go on to be our fa- favorite spokesperson <laughs> of blue e-cigarettes. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> which, which we do enjoy. Yeah, we do. From time to time on special occasions. Because we're blue and I'm in need of a guy. Wait, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) That's that's how it goes. That's how it goes. (laughs) Um, So The Gate from 1987, directed by Tibor Takis. Now, Tibor Takis... Am I saying his name right? Tibor Takis, yeah. Takis, okay. Um, that no, one you can actually say properly because we have a friend with that same last name. Oh, so. is it spelled the same? I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So Tibor Takis uh, has done a lot of stuff. However, uh, most notably, he directed two episodes of The Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, yes. Which I know we are all very familiar with. Oh, yes. And so was so were our, our, our hands. 12-year-old 12, 12 James <laughs> and uh, subscription to Showtime is very mm. very familiar with Red Shoe Listen, Diaries. Showtime and, and Skinamax were probably the greatest things ever in my young, prebubescent life. See, Cine- like, Showtime was, Showtime was, like, tame compared to Cinemax uh. back then. Which is why I like Cinemax way better. Yeah, well, of Just course, duh, everybody pre did. pre like internet like internet existed, but like to stream like a minute video, you had to download it for about twenty minutes. <laughs> Kids nowadays don't understand how hard it was to get porn online way back in the day. <laughs> let me t- don't let me tell you something, Sonny. Hey, back in my day, we had to wait four hours just to get a nipple. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I plan on jerking off in three days. I'm gonna start downloading this now. I'm gonna save it up. I'm saving it up for that nipple. All right. <laughs> Oh kids uh, the internet right. back then was the actual gate because you had to wait for so long <laughs> alright so the synopsis here kids that's weird uh, left alone <laughs> accidentally unleash a horde of malevolent nope nope that's not the word malevolent malevolent demons from a mysterious hole in their suburban backyard I kind of feel like that describes a porno I'm not going to lie I mean it really does right <laughs> According probably to your mom, yeah. <laughs> well, she's, very, she's very traditional. There you go. All right, yeah. Stephen Dorff, who plays Glenn terribly. Um, you also have... <laughs> we'll get into that later. You also have uh, Krista Denton, who plays his older sister, Al. Not to be confused with Al from Home Improvement, who I kept thinking of every single time you said Al. <laughs> um, you have uh, Louis Tripp, who plays Terry. Uh, this is Glenn's best friend in the world. And then you have Kelly Rowan and Jennifer Irwin, who play the Lee sisters, in quite possibly the worst performances of annoying friends ever in the history of a movie. I feel like they're they, awful. They're terrible. Well, they, and they're annoying. But and I, they're exactly what they were supposed to. I was be. gonna say, like, I don't feel like those were terrible performances because they did exactly what they were supposed to. Like, um, what was the show? Uh, Family Matters. Uh, the the was it you, Family Matters? Or? What we were talking about earlier? <laughs> no, not not. It wasn't Family Matters. It was uh, Step by Step. Yeah. The friend Kimmy. Yeah. No, that was from Full House. Uh, full okay. Full House. Come there on, you man. Go. Get your TGIF straight. <laughs> I'm sorry. They were they were in a three block window, so you know what? I was close. They were they were they dueling, were basically Kimmies. They were dueling Kimmy Gibblers. They really were. Yeah. Only one of them had the um something about Mary sperm hair <laughs> yeah, through half that? the movie. I have no idea. It was like she just took a bunch of loads to the hair and then blow dried it and and it stuck. We we could have probably just left it the way we said it, but yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Some people might not know what we're talking about, James. Okay, I am here for the people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that movie's like twenty years old. Exactly. So. Oh, you right. It is. Wow. <laughs> These youngins do not understand how to do their hair. 
with people's kids. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> oh, <my> just, <laughs> oh, oh, you're so vile tonight. This is why you keep me here. <sighs> um, it's the gate. I mean, we've all seen this, right? That's all we need to say. Next movie. <laughs> Next movie. It's the gate. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Glenn and Terry, Glenn has like a dream, right, of him climbing up into his treehouse, lightning strikes it, and this giant hole basically happens in the ground. When he wakes he up. wakes up. It is there. The hole is actually there. Yeah. Um, jankiest treehouse I've ever seen in my life in any movie, by the way. This treehouse is held together by like pallet wood and century-old nails. That's what it looks like. So traditional treehouse. Yeah, I was going to say, you're actually just <laughs> describing our childhood. I never had an actual treehouse. I always wish that I did. I never actually okay, had Okay, so you're speaking out of turn here, then. You don't actually know how treehouses were made back no, then. No, no, because I never had one. Everybody else's treehouses sucked because I didn't have one. Oh, I see. That's well, how it works. well, to some people, that was just a house. <laughs> oh. So... <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to just appreciate what you have, Michael. Fair, okay, fair, fair. I I get that. Um, no, I uh, yeah. So I uh, there's a basically a big hole in the ground in Glenn's backyard. Yeah, we don't actually know how it happened. No, his dad thinks he dug the hole, but he didn't actually dig the hole. He sort of drummed it. I guess. No, I mean, obviously, he had kind of a prophetic dream about what would happen. Because the tree did come down. The life. tree came down, and That's the true. whole like the whole root system was pulled up. So there was a there was a crew in the backyard getting rid of it. Yep. And it left sort of a crater in the ground. They found a uh, a geode, mm-hmm. and it had cracked open. They're like, oh, and Terry's like, oh, you can sell like a a big one of these. You can sell for like a hundred bucks. So yep. they go back there and they start digging to see if they can find a bigger one, and they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knew that quartz, like standard quartz, opened portals to hell? Who knew? Geodes, man. I'm just saying. When I was a kid, having like a little like quartz stone was like so cool. You put it on your shelf, and you're the cool guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I never <laughs> knew that all I had to do was just bring it to my backyard and open a portal to hell because mm-hmm. I would have done that yeah. a thousand times over. Yeah, for sure. Just saying. Yeah. Because it makes for a nice little weekend while your parents are away. You're fighting the right? evil from hell. I mean, I did that in my own head because I was a very enthusiastic young man. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> so anyway, uh, essentially what this is is um, uh, Glenn's parents go away for the weekend and leave him under the care of uh, his older sister, Al. And Terry comes to stay, but uh, um, <laughs> Glenn's, Glenn's dad warns him that because he... Uh, Glenn tells him he's kind of scared to stay in his own room. He wants the light on and everything, but he says, because Terry told me that a when somebody was building our house, one of the workmen died, and instead of <laughs> reporting it to the cops, the other people who were building the house just put the guy in the walls of our house. I'll be I, honest. I feel if, like that's the kind of thing you would know about as a homeowner. I don't know. If I was building a house, and it was my fault that my fellow house builder fell into like a hole i mean i don't want to get in trouble right you just you build just, around him you would just build it right yeah i, I mean, mean that it's sounds not like my fault he fell head first into the concrete that i put over him i mean come on it's <laughs> that's, that's not my fault right <laughs> uh so anyway gradually gradually uh you find out through uh terry's weird album that he has made by what was the name of the the band oh uh, sacrifice 
Sa- I think I sacrifice? believe that was it. He had a he had a venom patch on his back in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a venom, and then he had like something dwarf, uh, like terror dwarf or something like that. Blood, uh, blood dwarf. Blood dwarf. Blood is that dwarf? what it was? I can't remember. All I know is that Terry listened to some sweet music. Yeah, Terry was into some black stuff. Yeah. So uh, black metal stuff. And uh, and so, <laughs> essentially, what starts to happen is there's all kinds of weird happenings in the house, uh, and they start to connect it to this hole in the ground in the mm-hmm. backyard. And while their parents are out of town, they figure, well, we we might as well rid the rid the world of evil before it actually comes to take us all. So it's pretty much what I did on summer vacation. Yeah, I like, I'm gonna rid the world of evil this year. And Done. so so between between Terry and Glenn and Al. They kind of figure out how they're supposed to vanquish this evil, but then you know there's you know all the typical all the typical happenings of you say a, typical. <laughs> well, the typical happenings of a like a young young uh, group of kids who are left alone in the eighties. There's house parties. Sure. There's the uh, the Lee sisters. Just who's that? Their name Lee. Yeah. Lee yep. sisters. Yep. Just the worst. Uh, none of the none of the other characters that, like. This movie's kind of weird. None of the other characters are really even like. What's well, the point in them even being you there? You say you say this movie's weird. I will I will go out on a limb and say this. This movie's not good. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I love this movie. Don't get me wrong. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a good movie. No. By any stretch of the imagination, <clears throat> the reason that people, especially horror fans, mm-hmm. love this movie are because of the demons. Yeah. It's because of the the little. I mean, I, I feel like it's sometimes it's like claymation. Sometimes it's dudes in little rubber suits. I feel like sometimes it's like stop motion. I don't really know what is going on. Maybe that's part of the charm of, well, that's, of what they did. That's the thing, regardless but of regardless that's of how, why people love this movie though. Regardless of how bad the story is and stuff in this movie, the some of the things that, that they did with the creatures were really cool. Oh yeah. Because there were times where it was uh there were some parts during the end where like uh, especially nowadays watching a more high definition version of it. It's it's really oh, kind of well, bad. The, it didn't translate butterf- the, well. The butterflies they tried to digitally impose butterflies yeah. into um, what's his name um, or uh, uh, Stephen Dorff's like room, and you can see the black outline right. around every butterfly. Or even this is part of the digital age, though. I bet you if you watched this back on like Laserdisc or VHS, yeah, you didn't notice it as right. much. Right, that's what I was getting at. Like yeah. there were even parts with the the little demon guys at the end where, like toward the middle of the movie when those little demons were first introduced uh it it didn't look bad at all no, like, it, it great, still I, looked pretty good they juxtaposed and, like real human actors in rubber suits against the the uh existing footage right and it was a it's a cool like thing they did the same thing in um uh, uh, Army of Darkness actually mm-hmm. this movie reminded me a lot of Evil Dead actually this other movie as well Every I can say every movie reminded me of it <laughs> to a certain degree but it really did though because in Evil Dead you had the little tiny um, ashes running around the, uh, the windmill Yeah, this reminded me a lot of that the way they did the juxtaposition of like, the characters to the real film uh-huh um, it reminded me a lot of that yep. and it was I think it was probably the same exact type of uh, process they went sure through. um I, th- I like to me there were certain scenes especially when Terry falls down in the hole into the hole for the first time and he's being attacked by the the little guys mm-hmm. like 
when you're watching, I don't, I don't actually know how they did this, but like, uh, cause I, there's like a part where he stomps on one of them and it's pretty obvious that the one that he's stomping on is still a real actor in sure. a rubber suit, but then you have this giant foot crushing him and how would they have done that? Was no. it like, did they actually make a giant foot to come down and crush this guy in the rubber they suit? They did or it how? really well. There's, there's parts like I've, where I've never, this, I've, I've never really gone back to see like if there's any making of. Have you have you ever watched any making of this no, movie? No, I don't like actually that? own this. We watched it on Tubi. Yeah. Um. So if you want to watch it, it's Tubi. It's completely free. Download the app. Um. Give us a sponsor. <laughs> but um. No. It it they really did. That was one of the things I actually picked out about this is that they really did blend the effect styles together really well. Mm-hmm. Um. Sometimes they legitimately look like dudes in suits. Sometimes they really look like stop motion. Yeah. Sometimes they look like claim. I don't even think claymation was a part of it, but it sort of looked like it. You know. I don't know. Like there was the one. Um, there was the one part where. So I mentioned earlier about the workman who got buried in the walls, and he actually comes into the picture at one point in time. Like he mm-hmm. plays. He plays a role in the movie toward the end of the movie, and uh, he's in Al's room, I believe. No, not in Al's room. Uh, the the two kids are watching TV. He busts out of the wall, mm-hmm. and Al hits him in the face with a stereo or something, and he falls. He spears like a speaker right in his face. He falls forward, and as soon as he hits the ground, it like erupts into. Oh, it's nuts! All the little, it's so cool. All the little guys like I thought that was so well done. The, which which is the guys coincidentally when they're in their smallest form look like sperms crawling around the ground <laughs> they really do well yeah that's the thing is like well at that point in time they erupted into you know like 20 little demons mm-hmm. but then there was one part where uh those little demons even fell apart into what looked like little worms almost sperms. or sperms sperm they did worms. no they did they're big at the head tiny at the head. <laughs> they were little sperms and that to me looked like claymation it did that part i think for sure was yeah I, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't actually look into it, but th- that's what it looks like. I mean, mm-hmm. how else would you do it, you know? Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I I love, though, that that type of animation. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, in this day and age, that type of sort of um, rustic, I guess, calling it type of effects, mm. it, it it's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that kind, of, that kind of movie, though. You know, you look at movies like Evil Dead or... Like dead alive, that kind of stuff. Anything that is practical mm-hmm. and claymation or practical effects or whatever, I'm always drawn to that more than anything else. Yeah, you could do, you could have done that exact same thing with digital, and it would have looked like shit. Yeah, well, I mean, nowadays it would look fine, but like back then, I don't know. I've seen movies done nowadays that don't <laughs> do it well. Is all I'm saying. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the, the biggest takeaway that I have from this entire movie uh, is that. The dog is the most sympathetic character in the entire movie. <laughs> Angus. Yes. Do you think they named him after Angus Scrim? I mean, it could be. My guitar player named his dog after Angus Scrim. So well, there, you, there go. you go. So it must be. Only completely different dog. His dog's <laughs> like a, uh, a Great Dane, and it's massive. Just like Angus Scrim was. Just like, just like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, did am I the only one that felt bad for that dog? No. Like it died out of nowhere. And it was like old, and you kind of felt for it, and I don't know. He kept saying it was ninety-seven years old in dog years, right? So that's thir- like thirteen and a half, thirteen Ish. and a half, or something yeah. like that. Something like that. It's a pretty old dog. Old dog. Yeah. Cute dog though. Yeah. 
But I felt bad when he died, though. I was like, oh my god, Angus. Nobody's and then his corpse is just being trotted around <laughs> by the biggest douchebag in the entire movie for a while. <laughs> that, that asshole kid, like... <laughs> I, I could never. So he was the one that Al wanted to get with, or the Lee sisters wanted Al to get with yeah. that guy, right? Yep. So they charged him with uh, taking the dog to the to the shelter to drop it off. After yep, they're her. closed, bud. Guess we gotta go home. Like, he's talking f- to the dog. He's like, "No vacancy, bud." <laughs> and he takes him back to the house. He opens the door, and the dog just falls out oh, in a come pile. Come on, come on. <laughs> Treat the dog with some respect, you know? Like, I was like, the entire time I was watching this, I was like, come on. Like, like just just treat the dog's body with, like, a hair of respect. No, instead come he on. goes and he throws it in the existing hole in the backyard. But it goes to show, though, that, that him, like, that guy, that character, and the Lee sisters, and I think one of their other friends, mm-hmm. they're the biggest dickheads mm-hmm. on the face of the earth that I've ever seen. Like, I was the younger brother in like my my own family life Mm -hmm. and my brother's friends never treated me the way that her friends treat him yeah like it's crazy (laughs) it's absolutely crazy they're 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 the biggest piece of shit i've ever met my i've ever seen in my life well the one thing that pissed me off too was um so there was a scene where they were having a party and uh one of the girls was talking about like mystical stuff and like mm-hmm. oh yeah like like some because one of the guys was telling a ghost story and she's like well all this stuff is at its heart it's based on on real life stuff you know yeah. and it's like this stuff really happens and she's like i mean haven't you ever seen any of these things in real life and so she eventually gets them to the point where they're going to play late as a feather stiff as a board so they try and play it with on, on acid <laughs> <laughs> so they try and play it with one of the other guys it doesn't really work out and then they call Glenn into the room. And they're like, oh, well, he's just a little kid. It's like, it's not a big deal. He's like 35 pounds. Right. So she's like, well, we'll just do it with two people then. And then they lift him up. And then he leaves their hands and starts levitating over them. And then goes all the way up to the ceiling, which this house has really tall ceilings. Mm-hmm. Shatters the light above him. And then floats across the room and eventually grabs onto another sconce in the and falls. and falls and everybody's just like all of the kids nobody seems freaked out by this all the kids at the party are like like especially the two dudes they're just like oh it was just an optical illusion it's like uh what <laughs> he just floated like 10 feet out of your hands how is that an optical illusion that'd be like me going over to your house and you shooting like lasers out of your nipples i'm like yeah, it's just an optical illusion well, Doesn't that, matter. That happens from time to time. Well, that's true. It's <laughs> true. You've been there for it's it. It's true. My point though is, it's something that it could never happen. Like this kid's clearly floating in midair. Yeah. How in the fuck are you going to say that's an optical illusion? And then they bring it up later in the movie, and the guy's still just like, "No, it's just an optical <laughs> After illusion." After everything like... he's seen, it's still an optical <laughs> illusion. Some David Copperfield shit going on over here. <laughs> oh, David it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, so. All this stuff starts happening, and uh, Terry, Glenn's friend, suddenly, like, he's a metalhead, apparently. He goes back to his own house, and he's, like, a metalhead. And uh, he's listening to this record that just completely coincidentally explains the entire the entire <laughs> story of what happened with his hole in the ground of his friend's backyard, right? Mm-hmm. I wish that everything in my life was this simple. Like, if I'm having relationship problems, I'm just going to go home and pick up a book and go, oh, you should dump this girl. Oh, you know what? Perfect. I know what to do with my life now. Like he listens to a record and he goes, "Oh, that hole in the backyard. It's because there's demons and he resurrected them." 
I just wish everything was that easy in this life. I really do. So that happens, and then they go into the backyard and they do the chant uh-huh. and everything. Why yeah. didn't it work? I think it did to a certain extent. I think that Jesus is only so strong. <laughs> that's what, that's what I think. It wasn't even a it wasn't even a, a, a religious thing though. Well, they really, were because out of the it, Bible though. Well, they no the first the first time they went back there, they were repeating the words that he heard when he rolled the the record backwards. Oh, you're right. You're right. I miss. You're right. They they did this twice. Right. So the first time was like, oh, this band that knows how to opens the gates. If you play the record backwards, like Twisted Sister or Motley Crue, whoever. What, what band was that? There was a band where you played the record backwards, and that they thought there was like satanic. Black Sabbath. Oh, was it Sabbath? Yeah. Okay. There's a like, bunch of stuff oh, yeah, like there's that, a bunch though, of them. too. Yeah, there's but like, it was like Sabbath-style. It's like, oh, this is how you close the gates mm-hmm. because, you know, it's backwards. And they did that, and it seemed to work for a second. But then, it, you know, shit opened back up. And then their their reaction was to go to the Bible and read Bible passages out of the Bible to close it. That seemed to work for a little bit. But still, the weird lizard worm guy came out of the ground at the end and then they just threw the bible in at one point thinking yeah we'll just well, throw the bible down there they don't take care of it apparently jesus works like a shotgun you just you just throw it in there like a bullet takes care of business that's all i'm saying <laughs> um that's so, how they should teach religion nowadays you know my God. if someone's bothering you throw a bible at them and it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll fix them right up <laughs> i actually have a bible that the uh the covers are metal both of them so that actually might work pretty effectively <laughs> what movie there's a movie where it's like somebody has a bible that the power of christ compels you and they throw a bible at them it's gotta be it's it's gotta be one of the scary movie i don't know what it's from because i will find out and i will correct this next week but it's from something it's not a horror movie it's like a drama it's like somebody who's at like Jesus camp and like someone's being bad and they throw the Bible. They, the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> what? Okay. I don't I'll know find what you're it talking out. about. I'll find it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So any, anyway, they, uh, they, they find out that they haven't really stopped this thing. And no. eventually the, the giant, uh, is that supposed to, is it supposed to be the devil? Demon. Big bad guy demon. I don't know what you know. It's it's basically just a giant version of the little tiny guys that keep coming. Kind of, around. yeah. Only four arms. Yeah, he's got, he's got several. Two little T Rex arms in the front and then like normal arms. And down here he actually has like two uh two like octopus tentacles. Oh, did too. he have did tentacles too? Uh, there I didn't was like that. two two appendages toward the bottom that kind of waved around, but they didn't have any hands on the end or anything like that. Um Yeah, it's just it's it's not <laughs> I don't know. It's it's the movie is great. I think because people grew up with it, yeah. And there's a lot of like sentimental attachment to it, like, mm-hmm. and the demons are cool. Like the little ro- the demons running around the house. Oh they're yeah, like little the, gremlins. I, almost. I feel like, like they're, I they're, feel like they're, they're actually cool. the, they're, they're the best part of the movie as I far as that, I'm concerned. That's why people like this movie. It's it's very similar to a lot of like more lower budget movies that have kind of cool effects. Uh-huh. The movie's shit. <laughs> you love it because there's a giant monster that does something. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I kind of feel like this to a larger extent is sort of the category that it falls into mm-hmm. because the demons are really cool. You know, all that happens. Um, Steven Dorff, I, I understand the fact that he's like 10, <laughs> but he's fucking terrible. He's the worst. Okay. And in his older age, I think that his acting, it might've progressed like maybe like a 6.5% because he's not a great actor. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be a dick here. I kind but of, he's not a great actor. I kind of like Steven Dorff. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I think he dwarfed it. That's 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 just my opinion. <laughs> I think Terry was better than than uh, than Glenn. And did he even go on to do anything after this? Like Which one? Lewis Tripp, Terry. Um, I don't know. Is he alive still? I, I really don't know. I think he is, but I don't. I don't think he really did much. He should go on to. Oh, start... he did. He did the sequel. He did Gate Two: The oh, Trespassers. I have the Gate Two. I've never watched it. So you don't own the Gate, but you have the Gate Two. Laser disc. I do. <laughs> There's a movie on there. Yeah, it's a silver record. Um, if he's in the second one now, I'm gonna go and watch it now because I've been wanting to actually watch it, but I haven't seen the first one in a long time. So mm -hmm. this gives me an excuse to go back and uh, revisit it. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, would you recommend The Gate to, uh, well, to people who've never seen it before? Yeah, I mean, like especially uh, to me, this is one of those good. Uh, and excuse the pun here, but it's a good gateway horror movie. Like mm -hmm. if you're trying, if you want to show a younger person a horror movie, sure. to try and introduce them to horror, I feel like this is a good one Which because is good. it's not overly scary, but it still has kind of the, it's still, it's got it's got the charm of practical effects. Sure. It's got, you know, like uh, I I feel like too, like when you have young kids dealing with with uh with like battling evil in a movie it's a little more relatable for for a younger audience if they're gonna if it's their like first introduction to horror so i've always kind of felt the gate is one of those good gateway horror movies for kids i see what you did there it kind of reminds me a lot of uh the goonies in a way because the goonies is also a very kid-centric movie that has a lot of horror elements this yeah. one's like a, i think a step above the goonies but it does remind yeah, me of hold it a on, lot, hold, Not quality-wise. No, no, Just no, no. like horror-wise. Like horror-wise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is more of a horror movie compared to The Goonies, but, right. they, but they're very similar in a certain way. Yeah. Like, I kept kind of feeling that as I was watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for it, sure. It, you know, you have your group of kids that are kind of battling this thing or whatever, and it's, yeah, it's very similar. Um, there's some really cool parts, too. There's some kind of scary parts. There's a part where, like, the dads, like, in the very beginning when Steven Dorff's character Glenn sees his dad for the first time and thinks it's his real dad but mm -hmm. it's not and he like literally he rips his face open <laughs> it's kind of crazy like his face gets ripped open goo comes out from everywhere mm -hmm. like the goo goo dolls are playing like it's it's crazy <laughs> they're not actually but I kind of wanted them to um I don't know I, it was cool there there were some parts in the movie that, that were sort of terrifying like they like horror effects that were on par with legit scary movies in the yeah. time. Um, yet, this is sort of more kid-centric. Yeah. Um, have you seen this, Jay? Uh, no, I haven't seen this. Really? One. Oh, my God. You got to see it. You got to <laughs> see it. Jay. Okay. So, movie night. So, apparently, you do recommend it. Then. I do. Yeah. I love this movie. I think it's great. I think that it's got its quirks and its flaws, but I think that it's a, it's a fantastic movie for the horror fan that is looking for a little bit of a break from just totally serious horror, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like turn your brain off, kind of laugh, be a kid again, kind of kind of horror. Yeah, I like, sure. And I like that. Yep. Uh, anything else about that one? Um, no. As, as long as you don't mind the, the occasional off-colored slang comment, because there were quite, <laughs> yeah. a, quite a few in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it some kind of heavy it was, stuff. It was but, the yeah, 80s. It was in a different time, so <laughs> you just let it slide. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's The Gate from 1987. The next movie we're talking about is called The Hole in the Ground uh -huh. from 2019. This one just came out uh, uh, yeah. in February. I'm, and I'm tempted to not want to talk about the end of this movie. 
because it's a new movie and a lot of people probably haven't heard of it before. We've you know, not- we talk about The Gate. It's from 87, right? People have had time to to know about that flick. Yeah, Are we we've... doing a disservice to this by talking about the ending? Uh, I like. I'm okay if you don't want to talk about it, but we've always kind of I know. like we always talk about spoilers, right. and that's just All something right. that people should know about us. So by now. we are about to enter spoiled eggs here, and um, it's gonna happen. So just yeah. know that if you want to watch the movie, we'll probably not give away the ending until halfway through. We'll 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 spoil yeah, it we'll, again. Yeah, we'll give you we we'll give there, you but... fair warning before we actually give away all the spoilers. Jan um, dies. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Sorry, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, it's, it's free. Uh, if you have a, if, if you have an Amazon prime account, this is free. Mm-hmm. So just go watch it. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, turn this off, go watch it and then come back and listen. And, and, and we can recommend that you go watch it by the way. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I liked it a lot. I loved this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it drew a lot of parallels to some other movies that we've watched in the past. Yep, for sure. Um, but it was done so well, mm-hmm. so incredibly well, by a guy named Lee uh, Cronin. Um, he hasn't really done a whole, heck of a whole lot of other stuff. This is an Irish film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love, I always love a good Irish film, mostly because I love their accents. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of turns me on a little bit, not going <laughs> to lie. But um, let's see here. A young mother living in the Irish countryside with her son suspects his increasingly disturbing behavior is linked to a mysterious sinkhole in the forest and fears he may not be her son at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really bury the lead in this movie. You kind of learn relatively early on, before the halfway point, <clears throat> that there's something wrong with this chick's son yeah you know they, they say they don't bury the lead at all but they make you question it from time to time mm-hmm. which i think is a sign of a good flick uh whoever wrote this movie is masterful uh lee cronin oh oh, oh he with, wrote and directed with one other person okay well there you go masterful though like like give lee cronin everything and steven shields was the other uh the other writer he shielded against bad movies <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have uh, you have Sienna Kerslake. Kerslake. I want to say that's probably not right. <laughs> I agree with you. It's Sienna Kerslake. Kers Kers. Yeah, Kerslake. That's the one. Uh, she plays Sarah, who is the mother of uh, Chris, played by James Quinn Markey. And then you have um, the only other two characters that are of note really are uh, Katie. Uh, Outnan, who plays Noreen, and James Cosmo, who plays Dez. James Cosmo, a.k.a. if you've seen Braveheart, which I don't think you've seen the whole seen, thing. I have seen, yeah, I have. Did you? I have. Oh, we just talked he about had, this the other day. You felt massive... No, no, I rewatched it after we watched it, though, James. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, He had a massive beard in this movie, though. He looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> so I might not have recognized him from Braveheart. Yeah. Oh no, he's he was in Braveheart. He was in uh, Highlander. I never saw Highlander. You never saw Highlander. Never seen Highlander. Oh my god! I know. You, uh, and, he you was, and Vito both are going to be very upset. He was I in, still haven't watched it. Uh, he was in uh, Crowns of Narns. Okay, so he's a, a rel- he's a relatively well known character. Oh yeah, he's, yeah okay. he's very well okay. known. Yep. But and honestly, I think Dez was my favorite character of the entire movie. I love Dez. He was so. Um, he, you could relate to him a little bit, you know what I'm saying? He was kind of like the the guy that didn't want to believe but knew what was happening, and you could feel for him. Like mm-hmm. he was, he just he wanted his wife, and and we'll get we'll get back to this, but he wanted his wife to. He didn't want people to look badly on his wife because he loved her. 
I don't know. I have you know? Que- I have questions about him. This is one of those movies oh, where I feel okay. like I could talk about it for a really long time. Let's do it. Let's okay. Let's okay. get into let's it. Let's start from the beginning. We'll get back to Des. Let's get to the beginning. Um, you have uh, uh, Sarah and uh, Chris are moving into uh, a new house uh, because you couldn't find out that uh, Sarah's husband is no longer with her. Um, turns out maybe he's beaten her a little bit. Um, that's kind of what I got. Yeah, it's never really. It's kind of ambiguous. He's like, a shit dude. Yeah, I think, you can, I think that we can say that. She she does. <clears throat> she's got this big old scar on her head. Yep. Uh, and she she says to a does she say to, to the cop? She says to the cop or at the, one point in time that well, there's a cop and she's talking to a therapist as well. Yeah, that she was in an accident yeah. at one point in time. Like you know, it's it was about a year ago, and sometimes the scar still gets pissed off. But uh, you so you have don't you really ever had a scar that gets pissed off. A scar? Yeah, I haven't. I don't think so. Like if I get a sunburn, maybe it'll like be a different color because it's scar tissue. Sure, but like but it doesn't get pissed off. Yeah, I. Uh, but but that it all kind of feeds into maybe other things that might be going on in the okay. movie. So okay. I don't know. Um. So yeah. So it's it's pretty evident that she's had she's had somewhat of a tumultuous past with her ex husband. Sure. You don't really know the full story between them. And she uh, told her son basically, "Oh, daddy's right behind us," and then she just left with him. Right. So you have so you have Chris who is questioning her uh, his mother's relationship with his father the entire movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of sad actually. You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't really explain to him that his dad wasn't going to be around anymore. Right. So you have this kid who's sort of trying to figure out what's going on. Well, and I think that it's, I, it's a little bit sad. I think by the time we catch up with them in the movie, he he gets the fact that dad is no longer going to be al- around. But, but he you, doesn't understand why. Right. Right. He just knows that uh, that dad makes her sad. It makes her sad yeah. to talk about him at all. So, um, so it's uh, for, first of all, the the first thing that popped out to me was the intro to this movie had kind of a shining feel, like the uh, like the above shot of their car yes. driving down these like this mountainous hilly region, yep. and the score in this movie. Oh, the score was fantastic. Was so eerie, so good, and dude. so well done. Like I, I really feel like most of this, most of what made this movie scary. Like there was plenty that made this movie scary, but most of what made it, like most of the effect, came from the score. Well, because it was so well done, and the cinematography. You talk about those those shots of them when they're driving in. Mm. The cinematography in this movie was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should be applauded for it. Yeah. It's it's fantastic, and it adds to the overall feeling of the movie. Which which I mean, obviously, when cinematography is done well, it's its own character. Mm-hmm. And this is not an exception to that. Like it very much is that. Right. Every single scene in this movie built upon the one before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like uh, I was, when I was watching it, it felt like a, a game of Jenga, if you will. <laughs> well, no, sort of like you're, you're building, you're kind of building the story, right? Mm-hmm. And as as you're going along, you're, the, the story's getting a little bit thinner and a little bit thinner. And then finally you get to the top and it just crumbles and there's this big crescendo. Yeah. And it's just nuts. Like mm-hmm. this, this is a Jenga movie. <laughs> um, I don't know how else to describe it though. Like you know, it just it just very slowly built. Every single scene mm-hmm. is built to be a little bit more tense yeah. than the next. Yeah. And you almost don't notice it until you realize, like, oh my god, like 15, 20 minutes ago we were here and now we're here. Right. You know, like, and uh, and it's so good. The story building, in this is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
I can't I, I can't get enough of it. Like I I knew nothing about this movie when we went into it. Yeah. And I, I walked out of it, you know, walked from my couch to the car to get here. <laughs> walked out of it just being like, I need to watch this again. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that kind of a feeling. Yeah. Um and I, I feel like I need to watch it again too because there's I feel like there's more going on like in the sides of the scenes that you sure. don't really pay attention to too much because mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a, so essentially what happens is um she she has this weird interaction with uh this old woman yep. as they're driving home one day and her friends uh in like in this new town call this old woman walkie-talkie because basically what she does is she just wanders around in the hills and talks to herself, Which, and she's very creepy. Did you pick up on more of a deeper meaning to that name? Walkie-talkie. No. I did. What? So, my question originally was why... Okay, so we need to set this up. Yeah. The first time that you meet this old lady, Maureen, mm-hmm. she's uh, she's walking up to Sarah and Chris in the car, and they're trying to, they're, just, they're just trying to get home. Right. And Maureen is in the... Noreen. Or, no, sorry, Noreen. Yeah. Uh, she's in the center of the road, and they can't get past her. Mm-hmm. So they stop the car. Sarah gets out of the car, and she goes, can you please move out of the way? Then you meet Des. Des walks up. Des is Maureen's uh, husband. Mm-hmm. And he explains, sorry, she does this. This is the second time. Yeah, still, explaining the character, though. Yeah. Um, She does this. She walks around. She's kind of crazy, you know, whatever. He still loves his wife, though. He's just trying to protect her or whatever. Um, But the the idea of her being called walkie-talkie in town is that she takes one look at Chris and goes, he's not your son. He's not your son. Mm -hmm. And so when when that scene happened, I thought of the name walkie-talkie, as though she has sort of like a direct link to what's going on. She sees. Because mm. how else would she know that Chris is not her son? Nobody else even suspects it at this point. Mm-hmm. She's the first person to look at Chris and realize something happened to this boy. He's not the person you think he is. Right. And they give zero explanation as to how she sees this. There's no Nobody else gets it. Yeah. Nobody else understands why. They don't give an explanation as to why... Noreen has this gift to sense real people from imposter people. Sorry, that was well, a they, spoiler. Well, but they, like, they kind of they kind of give it because before that happens, before she actually like walks toward the car and says he's not your son, the after the first interaction, um, Sarah's having a dinner party with mm-hmm. a few of her friends, and they end up telling the story of this woman walkie-talkie Noreen. And basically what had happened with Noreen was her son had disappeared into the woods. And mm-hmm. when he came back, she said that that's not my son. This yeah. is an imposter and would not let it go. She ended up driving herself crazy over it. She went uh, to stay at a psych hospital or something. And then shortly after she got out of the psych hospital, her son died in a car accident. And the car was the family car. Mm-hmm. Uh and everybody says she ran over him because she believed that it was an imposter, so she killed him. Well, I thought, but didn't Des say later on that it was his car that killed their son? She, he did was say. She, was she he driving? He did say it was his car. He doesn't specify who was driving, okay, though. Okay, okay. So, um, I don't know if it was just because now she's like just completely, she's gone. Like Bonkers. she's, you know, yeah, she's just completely crazy. She basically just wanders around in the hills and talks to herself. She sees him that one time and she walks up to the car and she says, he's not your son. That's an interesting point. Like maybe I 
because there are certain ways to tell what's going on in the movie, like the mirrors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If what you're dealing with is an imposter or the real the real child, but I don't know. Like I, it, there's there's a different theory to this movie that lends itself to her not having any sort of special gift whatsoever. Which okay, so we we had not talked about this. What's your theory about how the, what this movie means? And if, and if you need to expand on this, please do before you actually give it away. But well, so just to round this out real quick, basically Sarah ends up kind of thinking the same thing about her her yeah. son. He disappears into the woods one yeah. night. He starts acting strange. And he starts acting and, yeah. strange as far as she's concerned, and she doesn't believe that it's her son. And now she wants to get to the bottom of why Noreen thought that her son Justin yeah. was not who he was because. She feels like she's seeing the same she's, things happening yeah. with Chris. Uh, like he didn't like dust uh, dust cheese, which is basically like the sprinkle of Parmesan, Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese, yeah. He didn't like it. And then suddenly he's at the table loving it. And he's putting it on everything. Like right. That was just one little thing in, in the long laundry list of things that she noticed. But that was sure. like a big part of it they find, kind of focused on. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing is like... It's it's little things like that. Like a kid, I know I know from experience from being a father that kids' tastes can change rapidly. You know what I mean? Like your kid cannot like one, not like something one day and then like it just fine the next day. Mm -hmm. But she perceives these little changes in him as being, uh, as him being an imposter. Sure. Like this isn't my kid. My kid doesn't like dust cheese. You know. And Who doesn't so, like dust cheese? Yeah, exactly. Who it sounds like dust cheese? so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, there's a part of me that I want to watch this movie like probably several more times to really solidify my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I feel like much like uh, the Babadook, this movie is more so about mental illness than it is about... Well, a monster. I agree. I think um, I think for me, what I got out of it was that this movie was more about grief, and the whole the whole the, so so there's a giant crater hole in the middle of the forest mm-hmm. out back of their property, basically, mm-hmm. and in the in the community, it all kind of surrounds it. Right. And um, to me, what this represented was grief in the sense that so you, this this child and this wife are now missing their husband. They left a hole. In their life, mm-hmm. when that happens, people change. This kid, her son, becomes somebody that she doesn't recognize anymore because there's no longer a father figure in her life. Well, she becomes. And how many times do you hear about divorce? Like, oh yeah, making a kid act out. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, you have her. She's acting different because of her trauma that she went through before. Yeah, but there's but in any way, shape, or form, there is this hole that is like in their lives. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying that that is making people react to it mm-hmm. um and it's grief you know it's them trying to figure out it's 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 a it's a physical rep- representation of of how they're feeling emotionally mm-hmm. and it changes them emotionally and all this like and there's there's more other there's more other things to it i think that um more you know, more so more so just being based like the like being based around something symbolic like uh like the whole meaning a hole in their lives and like dealing with grief though yeah there's i did uh i did hear an interesting take on it that uh so there's a there's a a syndrome called 
Capra syndrome. Okay. Which is the person who's suffering from it literally thinks that people are imposters. Like, and, and it can be, it can be brought on by paranoid schizophrenia. It can be brought on by dementia. It can be mm-hmm. brought on by severe head injury. Sure. And she obviously had a severe head injury because of the giant scar on her head. That's true. So maybe like her dealing with not only the grief of like, you know, like losing her husband or not losing her husband, but leaving her husband and things changing in her life, but also, uh, the this the power of suggestion coming from the story that she heard about Noreen could kind of bring on those same sort of manifestations in her own life mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so she believes this story so whole, wholeheartedly that she starts to see the these same changes in, in her own kid and kind of runs with it sure because she's you know in a way sort of losing her mind i believe that i i i think that um I don't, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I want, I want to look at this flick sort of from from that perspective. But then you also have the the actual perspective what they're showing you. Yeah. And I kind of feel like this is an alien flick. Did you get that at all? Alien. Yeah. Why so? Okay, so you have outside of all of this other stuff that we're talking about, where it actually means this, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think what they're actually presenting on screen is. I don't know if you noticed this, but before the very first scene, the beginning of the movie, when you see the hole for the very first time, mm-hmm. um, you see uh, uh, you see Chris walking or running into the woods, mm-hmm. and Sarah's chasing after him, mm-hmm. and she stops and she's screaming after him, whatever. Yeah. And above their heads, you basically see this white, like I would describe it as a chemtrail, flowing above them. Now this is not coincidental; it can't be because it's it's very much in frame in the top. If it was an accident, Did you just call it a chemtrail. Contrail. Contrail? Well, contrail. Chemtrail, if you're, you know, like, subscribing to the the government is poisoning us kind of thing. Have you met me? Yes. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, continue. Comtrail. <laughs> Con- my, my, Con- my point is, though, you see this white line of smoke, basically, in, yeah. in the sky. Mm-hmm. That cannot be coincidental. It can't be. Hmm. They would not have left. It, it, it's so deliberate. If you, I don't know how you didn't see it. I didn't you, notice it. Yeah, it's so deliberate. Like there's no way that that just was just kind of a thing that was in the sky. Yeah, there's no way. Hmm. Um, so that's right before you actually see the hole, which makes me wonder how much time has passed between that moment and the ones that follow. Right. Yeah. So maybe there's this thing falling from the sky, and it left a crater in the ground. After that, she when she's walking when Sarah's walking through the woods. It stops, sort of. The frame stops moving, and she's just kind of walking towards in the frame, like or away from the camera, mm-hmm. but you know, towards the background in the frame. And there's a, a a tree that is sort of in the foreground, and right at the very end of the right, right before the cut of that scene, you see this this movement move from sort of the side of the tree to behind it. Really, it's very very subtle. But there's something there. Wait, are you talking there's about like the a, flashlight part? No, no, no. This is in the beginning of the movie. Okay. There's a, there is a creature or something that moves that almost looks like a, it looks like a knot on the tree, mm-hmm. but then it moves out from behind the tree. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And so from that point on, I go, okay, so there's something in the woods. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a jump scare 
because I saw it right away. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, like that's that's crazy. Like yeah. it, it affected me. Um, but then you don't really see anything like that throughout the rest of the movie, which mm-hmm. leads me to believe that if you catch it at the beginning, you're sort of in on it. But if you don't, it's hidden. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're, not, they're not drawing attention to it. They're not drawing whatever until the very end of the movie. Obviously, when she gets sucked underground. Yeah. That took a jump. Um, <laughs> long story short, she gets sucked underground. Uh, and there's these weird creatures sort of underneath the earth and mm-hmm. you don't they don't explain them which i think is the best part about it yeah it's completely innocuous like yeah. they, you just have no idea what it is but coupling that with what i saw in the beginning of the movie it makes me wonder if this is some sort of weird body snatcher type scenario going on well i mean that's what they that's what they kind of alien like. body snatcher though because like i said from the sky creature behind the tree you know well whatever. and see i yeah like i there was a part of me that wondered if this was like uh, like a mental illness, Capra syndrome mm-hmm. kind of thing going on. But then also there was a part of me that wanted to just take it for what it was. And I didn't get alien out of it. I got changeling. Describe changeling to me. Changelings like, are, changelings are, there's uh, in folklore, basically they're, um, they kidnap people mm-hmm. and then they... Like those people, so so those people are gone, and then they change to look exactly like them, and then they go and they live their lives. Okay. And you know they're imposters. I think I've heard of this movie before. It's called The Changeling. The Changeling. <laughs> I've never actually seen it. Is oh, that you kinda, haven't? Is yeah, that kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. I own it on laserdisc. With, uh, but uh, I've never actually seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's essentially what they okay, do. They okay. kidnap people and then they they assume their identity and then they go out into the so world. So could and live you their say? Lives. That the little creatures from the gate are actually the changelings, and they are the ones that are body snatching the people from this movie. <laughs> could you say that? <laughs> I I could, but should I? I don't know. Um, I, I like I said, I love this movie. I thought it was good. Like I mentioned this before, this movie just builds. Mm-hmm. Every single scene is just a hair more suspenseful than next. Yeah. And you don't even realize that it's building until it happens. Yeah. And it's so good. It is masterful. Between the cinematography, the writing, the direct... Everything about this flick is great. Yeah. And what sucks about it is that no one's going to know about this movie. Why? Because it, it didn't have a big release. It's already out. Nobody's talking about this. I mean, you heard about it from where? Bloody disgusting. Sure. So one site, <laughs> but my, that's my point. The one site had like one article, and it'll I've, probably I've, never I've be seen, touched again. I've seen chatter about it online, but yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not going to be well known, yeah. and it's a shame because it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, if you're listening to this, watch this flick. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. You know, I I I really really hope that you know. Um, that Lee Cronin goes on to do bigger things mm-hmm. because he clearly knows how to make a suspenseful, good horror movie. Yeah, uh, obviously, and I just hope that that he can continue and 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 we get more movies like this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I I loved it. I thought it was like I said, absolutely yeah, I fantastic. Wish there was it's... there's more there's more stuff that I could say about it. Like I I feel like you and I will actually probably discuss this at length, mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow. But like I like there's. There's other parts and there's other theories about this movie too. Like there's there's one theory that suggests that everyone in town is actually a changeling, which makes sense because of Dez's character. Because Dez knows what's going on. Right. Dez clearly knows. Right. But once again, they just leave it open ended. Yeah. They don't explain it. Right. 
and there's there's like there's you know there's certain scenes that have to do with like mirrors and stuff like that that if you really pay attention there's like one there's one yeah, specific, the mirror thing at the end, there's one sure. specific scene where uh he, he, like after Noreen dies I, like to me it was like was Des human before she died but then he was replaced and then she died and there's some that led because you to believe some, this and then there's a so I must have missed it there's a scene where him and Sarah are in his kitchen yeah talking to each other and this is after her funeral where all the where all the mirrors have been covered up right but one when he and Sarah are talking in his kitchen there's a blank spot on the wall where a mirror would have hung but it's, I didn't even notice that. But it's gone. I didn't even notice that. And they're, they're only in that room. So, like, you wonder if he kind of is speaking to her only in that room so she can't see his reflection in the mirror. Ooh. Because you can see, the, like he says, like, you know, a mirror a mirror tells the truth. Yeah. And that's why Noreen always kept all these mirrors around or, the house. Or he took down all the mirrors because he didn't want to know the truth. He might have just taken them all down because he only wanted to see his wife for how he remembered her mm. and didn't even want to think about the fact that she wasn't his wife. No, like I don't like I'm I'm saying more like maybe he was a changeling. But why would Okay, that's true too. Yeah. Oh, because we're gonna, we're going to talk about this. Because we're otherwise otherwise why would she have so she ends up dead and in a very like like striking like just like a, a spooky a spooky manner that I've never seen in a movie that like really hit me yeah because uh sarah walks up to talk to des and walks onto the property and sees sarah kind of slumped over on the lawn and thinks that she's just like crouched down looking for something at first and then when she approaches her closer she realizes that her head is actually buried yeah. under the ground yeah. i'm yeah, like oh weird. my god it's, it's spooky as hell yeah. Um, if none of this makes sense, just watch the movie. Yeah, this isn't going to make sense because honestly, this is the first time me and Mike are talking about this, and so it we're kind of working through it right now. We had a whole I car feel, ride tomorrow. I feel like we. Talk. I feel like we're going <laughs> to talk a lot more about this movie. So, um, if if we didn't leave you with any questions before, I'm going to leave you with this because mm -hmm. hopefully this is a cliffhanger to make you want to watch the movie. Mm -hmm. Did she, or didn't she, kill her child at the end? Hmm. Let's leave it at that. I can't answer. Mm, I don't know. I mean, you can. I just. I, I want people to want to watch this movie. And be like, oh my god, she kills her kid. I need to watch this. <laughs> no, can That's I my, answer then or yes, what? Yes. No, I don't think she did. What no, do you? I think she did. What do you mean? Mm, oh, okay, god. well, we'll talk. Right, we'll we'll talk. talk about this. Okay, this is one of those flicks where there's there's a lot of yeah. things that you can pick up from. It's so good. I urge you all to watch it. It's on uh, Amazon Prime for free. And it's free. Yeah, watch so it. pay no attention to IMDb. Uh, it's got a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, really? which is complete uh. hogwash. Um, yeah, it's not. I I feel like I feel like people probably watched it and just a lot of people just watched it, took it for what it was on the surface. Because a lot of people were like, oh, there's so many unanswered questions, but that's kind of the point. Yeah, there like, are a lot not, of people that is, don't like that. Yeah. You know, they, they they need to have all of the expose, which I I like a little bit of expose. I sure. think that if a movie is too innocuous, then it's just like well, there's there's no way to to, to to feel around it. As long as you're giving it a little bit though, mm -hmm. you're good. Like leave questions open. That's Am, fine. Am, ambiguous is what you're looking for. Well, Sorry. innocuous works too, right? Well, in, innocuous is like non-threatening. Oh, well, I mean, it might not be, it might be a non-threatening <laughs> movie. <laughs> 
It's yes, a very amb- threatening movie. Ambiguous, though. Yes, you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's for me like having some loose ends untied is that's kind of my bread and butter because I like thinking about things for a long time afterward. Yeah, you know I agree. What I, mean? I so, agree. 100%. And it and it and it gives the movie rewatch value too because you want to go back and see if you can figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. Anyway, uh. This is on Prime for free. Please go watch it. Let us know what you think because it's an awesome movie. And that's about it. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't want to say anything more about it. We've already given at least enough away. Yeah. Please watch the movie. We, we implore you. Yes. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at The Buzzkill Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the BuzzkillBC. You can find us also on all streaming sites. Clearly, you've already found us. So please tell a friend. And if you want to find J-Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have anything for next week? Oh, or? Uh, we can. I mean, what do, you want, what do you want to do? You want to just pick one again? Yeah, why not? All right. Uh, so here we go. Wheel of Pizza Death. Oh, we're doing Pizza Death. We're doing okay. Pizza Death. Right. No, I pulled it up. We're good. Okay. All right, here we go. You've missed this. Oh, You've missed this. So <laughs> and it looks like... Yes? All right. Uh, it looks as though we are doing a bad brew. Oh, great. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, we're doing Piranha 2, The Spawning. <laughs> uh, the original James Cameron classic. Okay. Did you know that he directed this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As James Cameron puts it, it's the greatest movie about flying piranhas ever made. <laughs> oh, lovely. All right. Well, uh, you have that to look forward to for next week. So uh, in the meantime, cheers, boys. All right. Try to have a good night.